Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Good morning again. I'm Carmen LaBerge. It's hour two of Mornings with Carmen. If you missed the first hour, you can always catch it on the Faith Radio app, which you can easily download. Just text the word app, A-P-P. I'm not really sure app is a full word. I'm not sure in Scrabble you can use A-P-P. It stands for application. But maybe now that we have the app store and, um, and we talk about apps all the time, maybe app is now actually a word. There you go. That's the way my mind wanders off in the middle of a conversation. Text the word APP, A-P-P, to 877-933-2484 if you don't already have the Faith Radio app downloaded to your phone and all your connected devices. If you don't, I don't know why not. Like, today's the day. Go ahead and do it. Text the word APP to 877-933-2484. You'll have access to, you know, every episode of Mornings with Carmen, but also all the other great programming that we have here at Faith Radio. Uh, You don't want to miss Susie Larson. You don't want to miss Bill Arnold. I mean, on and on and on. Uh, All right. The Supreme Court has been busy. Uh, They have extended. um, Well, I mean, let me put it this way. I'm just going to read you. I'm going to read you what I wrote. The Supreme Court on Wednesday temporarily extended access to the abortion drug Mifepristone. Um, So this is giving the Supreme Court justices more time to consider the issue. Uh, The deadline for the justices to weigh in on this case is now tomorrow, Friday. Um, Justice Samuel Alito previously said the court would rule by midnight last night. So in this case, um, which I think is probably the most important abortion-related case before the high court since its ruling Um, in the Dobbs decision, which overturned Roe v. Wade and restored to states the decision-making related to abortion access um, inside a particular state. So since the Dobbs decision, um, states across the country have made decisions. Some of them have banned abortion altogether. Some have restricted um, access to surgical abortions. This is a conversation about the more than half of all abortions in the United States that are accomplished through medication, through the taking of two successive drugs, mifepristone being the first one. Um, and it, it, it stops progesterone from being delivered to the fetus, so it can't grow anymore. It's, it's going to die. And then the second drug um, actually contracts the uterus to expel um, the fetus. So we're talking here about the first drug in, the, in that combination of drugs that's taken to produce a pharmaceutical abortion. These are done at home with drugs that women can um, order through the mail or they can get, in many cases, through third parties without prescriptions at all. And so the conversation is essential. I mean, if you're wondering, like, is this a big deal to have this conversation? More than half of the abortions that take place in America are accomplished in this way, at home, 
a woman by herself taking a series of drugs that produce an abortion. And so how those drugs are regulated um, is an FDA conversation, which is how we end up in a conversation about the FDA approving these drugs for this use uh, more than 20 years ago now. Uh, I also find it interesting that um, in, in, in the midst of this conversation, we're also talking about telehealth. We're talking about the way that people are getting drugs from virtual providers who don't have any physical locations and doctors they never actually see. So there's a new, um, there's a new virtual abortion provider called Hey Jane. And Hey Jane has, has now contracted with Anthem, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Connecticut, Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield of New York, um, uh, and Santa, which actually provides health plans for small businesses nationwide. Hey Jane is already accepted um, by Aetna in eight of the nine states in which it operates. And so this is a telehealth provider that's going to be providing abortion-inducing drugs um, where these women will never have a conversation with a physician and their insurance company is going to pick up the tab. So that is a development today you would want to know about as well on this front. Um, All right, and then quickly, a headline related to UFOs because people are talking about it, and so I think you should be informed. The U.S. government is tracking more than 650 potential UFO cases, according to the Pentagon. So lawmakers were briefed on this yesterday. They saw a declassified video um, from one unresolved case. It shows an orb moving through the sky in the Middle East. This type of footage is called, uh, you know, unidentified aerial phenomenon. They don't call them UFOs anymore. They call them UAPs. That's just to get us to stop saying UFO because this kind of like this stigma related to it. Um, it obviously fuels speculation. It is an opportunity for us to talk about life and the creation of life and God as sovereign creator over the entire universe, big as it is. Um, it gives us an opportunity to talk about the expanse out there well beyond what we can see um, or even imagine. And even though there is no evidence of extraterrestrial life in any of these sightings, it certainly provokes conversation about whether or not, um, you know, God may have created more than just us. There you go. It's a worthy conversation to consider and to have fun for your imagination to run around in. Jay Stewart's going to join us next. We are going to talk about life ride. How far have you ever ridden on a bicycle? Can you imagine 3,400 miles? Mm-hmm. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Jay Stewart is joining us now. Jay, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, good morning, Carmen. So glad to be with you today. Oh, we're so thrilled to have you. Okay, what is Life Ride? What are you doing? Where have you been? Where are you going? How can people get involved? Well, some people would think I've lost my mind because at the age of 60, I feel mandated by God to ride a bicycle from the West Coast to the East Coast, 3,400 miles, all to stand for life. You were just talking about 
life. You were talking about the battle that's going on right now with the abortion pill and all that's happening in the Supreme Court. And I just think the timing of God is impeccable for me to make this journey and to really rally people around this cause of life. I feel like um, because I know that you're a Harley guy, this would have been a little easier on your Harley than on your bicycle. (laughs) There's no doubt about it. Some people have asked me, are you going to be on your Harley? Are you going to (laughs) be on an electric bike? No, sometimes I wish, but uh, yeah, a pedal assist, man. Yeah, Yeah. no, not even a pedal assist. Not even that. No. All right. Talk about the relationship with um, with Love Life. Talk talk with us about why you're riding, um, and then we'll talk a little bit about how people can get involved. Absolutely, Love Life was a great organization that was started seven years ago here in Charlotte by a young entrepreneur who just got gripped by the greatest moral issue of our day, which is the abortion issue. And we, I pastor a church, we've been partnered with them from day one. And so Love Life's mission is to build a culture of love and life. So they don't just try to stop abortion. They care for the moms, they disciple the moms, they care for the babies, they care for children in the foster care system. And so I've just partnered with Love Life to try to raise a million dollars for them to continue to expand. They're now in 26 cities across the United States, but also to rally churches, to become House of Refuge churches uh, with Love Life, which the church I pastor is one of those. And so, um, yeah, we're just partnering together to continue to build a culture of love and life. All right. The ministry is Love Life. We're talking today with Jay Stewart about Life Ride and Life Ride USA. Um, All right. So when does the ride begin? Where are you going? Who are you planning to see? How can people get involved? Well, uh, the ride starts May the 4th. And it's not because I'm a big Star Wars fan. Uh, (laughs) May the 4th be with me. I, I need that. But Uh, May the 4th is the National Day of Prayer for America. And I'll dip my back tire in the waters of the Pacific at Corona Del Mar, California, right around Huntington Beach. Start the journey and go all the way to Charleston, South Carolina. It'll take about seven weeks. I have to average about 80 miles a day. But people can join us by simply going to liferideusa.org. There's a website there. It gives all of the information, how to join a team, how to ride virtually with me, how to be a part of of what God's doing, how to support us, how to get financially. All of that is there on the website. LifeRideUSA.org. LifeRideUSA.org. More with Jay Stewart in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, Thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. 
talking with Jay Stewart. He is a pastor in North Carolina. He is uh, going to be engaged in Life Ride. It's a 3,400-mile bike ride to change history. It's going to start on the National Day of Prayer, which is May the 4th in California. And Jay's going to bike about 80 miles a day across the country until he reaches Charleston, South Carolina. And um, you can you can join Jay. You can join Jay. Go to liferideusa.org. Um, I bet my pastor, would, who loves to ride, um, I bet he would love to join you because he would be doing something different for seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm sure some people would love to just get away from what's going on. But I don't know if that's really kind of the vacation you would really want, like pedaling 80 miles a day for seven weeks. But I'm excited about it, Carmen, and looking forward to what God's going to do. We're, we are going to make history through Life Ride, and we're going to take ground for the kingdom's sake. And I believe we're going to help lift a standard against this evil that has gone on for centuries, you know, all the way back to the days of Moloch when they were sacrificing babies. And God's going to help us. The church is going to rally, uh, you know, this woke culture. You're talking about, hey, Jane, a few moments ago, well, we're saying, mm-hmm. hey, Jesus, it's time for the church to be the voice for the voiceless. Um, one of the goals of the event is to encourage churches across the country to become houses of refuge. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means, why it's important, and how people get engaged? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're, our vision is to see more House of Refuge churches raised up. And a House of Refuge church is just simply a place that when a mother in an unplanned pregnancy, when she chooses to keep her baby, she can run to a church that is not going to shame her, not going to judge her, uh, not going to condemn her, but they're going to rally around her. They're going to love her. They're going to journey with her, walk with her through the pregnancy help resource her, and then once the baby comes, they're going to continue to do that. And really, Carmen, what we're hoping is that ladies in an unplanned pregnancy, rather than running to an abortion clinic, they're going to run to the church. And that's the way it's always supposed to have been anyway. Yeah, that's going to require people in those congregations to not just have a change of heart and change of mind, but a change of practice. Like, And we're going to have to become practically different um, it, it, as the family of faith uh, in order to genuinely become a house of refuge. So I want to encourage you, if you're listening right now, to um, to consider that and get your pastor engaged in that conversation as well. Um, if you want to follow along with Jay, you want to join Jay, go, go to liferideusa.org. Um, I'm, wondering, um, I'm wondering, Jay, how a person like prepares for this? Like, how do you prepare to be away for seven weeks? How do you prepare physically for this? And and then, like, I don't know, like, where where are you going to stop and go to the bathroom? Like, does that, I mean, like, are there, like, practical concerns related to this that you've really thought through? Uh, I, think, I think I've thought through every detail you can think through, Carmen. I've lived uh, in this world of sheer excitement and sheer terror for a, the past year literally for the past year. But uh, if I didn't have the team that I have and the staff that I have, there's no way I could do this. But they have released me and said, man, we're behind you, Pastor. Go and do this for the kingdom's sake. 
And I started training on August the 5th of last year. Mm. So for the last eight months, and I've ridden about 2,000 miles over the last eight months in preparation. But it's not just the physical side. You know, I've just had to prepare mentally, and I've had to prepare spiritually because, uh, you know, this is a stronghold of the enemy that he's not going to give up without a fierce fight. And so we've had people fasting and praying. I have fasted and prayed and just, you know, trying to prepare myself in every way. And, you know, in terms of the practical side of it, uh, you know, I've never done anything like this, Carmen, but man, I'm just hoping, uh, you know, that there's going to be uh, lots of lots of gas stations and, and <laughs> restrooms and, you know, 7-Elevens or whatever, where I can pop in and do some calorie replacement because I'll burn about 7,000 calories a day. Mm-hmm. So I've got to have the calorie replacement and obviously got to have some restroom breaks. Okay, so if people want to follow along, is there going to be a way on social media to do that? Because I'm feeling like if you came, you know, anywhere near me and I could make you like a a protein smoothie and like I see people do in marathons where they just reach out their hand and you could just take it and then you could just replenish right then, right there. Like that would be that would be a blessing and a benefit. So how will people know where you are? How can they follow you on social media during the ride? Yeah, thanks for asking. So they can follow me on Instagram, and I'll be giving updates every day. And my Instagram is P-S-J Stewart. My name J-A-Y-S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Or they can follow on Instagram, Life Ride USA. And on both of those platforms, we're going to be giving daily updates. People can keep up with the journey. Here's some of the great stories that are going to unfold out on the road and Boy, I would love to see some people along the roads in some of these cities just kind of high-fiving me as I'm going by. Uh, let me know they're with us. They're praying for us. They're supporting us. And, you know, if you want to hold out some donuts on, on the, on oh, the ride, donuts. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take the donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Ice cream cones, donuts, donuts anything. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I love it. Hey, Jay, thank you so much for joining us today. You guys can connect with LifeRide and with Jay at LifeRideUSA.org, LifeRideUSA.org. Actually, the links to Facegram, Facebook and Instagram are right there as well. Um, so that could be a one-stop place to go, LifeRideUSA.org. Jay, we're going to be praying for you. Um, blessings on this as, as you take off on the National Day of Prayer and We look forward to keeping up with you on social media. Thank you so much, Carmen. It's been such a joy to be with you today. I appreciate your prayers. Yeah, likewise. Well, likewise, thank you for being with us, and we will absolutely be praying for you. Um, Hey, you guys are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. We got to take a break very briefly for Breakpoint with John Stone Street. Now I'm up. Thank you for all of you on the text line this morning. Remember, the text line's always open, 877-933-2484. Novia um, is on the text line this morning. She lives, um, it, well, the shootings in Alabama, she describes as close to home. Her in-laws live just five minutes away from um, where the shooting in Dadeville, Alabama, took the lives of four people. Um, three people have now been charged in that Alabama Sweet 16 birthday party 
shooting. Two of them are teenagers, but they're going to be charged as adults. Um, None of them are from Dadeville. Tuskegee is about 30 miles away, and the other is from Auburn. Um, No motive is is known at this point. I will say that the images from the community, from the vigils, the images... um, Are, are precious in that this is a community where whatever divisions of white and black might have existed in the past exist no longer. Um, this, is, um, this is a community weeping together, struggling together to, um, you can never understand, but struggling together to deal with this unspeakable act. And so let's be praying that God brings redemption through this, that God brings this community forward in a way that nobody could orchestrate or anticipate, but that God can, by his grace, um, achieve. So I'm praying for the people of Dadeville, Alabama, in the same way that I'm praying for the people of Louisville, Kentucky, in the same way that I'm praying for the people of Nashville, Tennessee, and um, and upstate New York, and the people in Maine, and the people on and on and on and on and on, where unspeakable acts of violence have taken place, and it has it has changed people, and it doesn't just change us individually; it changes us as communities. And so be be thinking about how you might reach out today to a person who has suffered violence in the past um, because it never goes away. It changes. We learn to live with it. We, we learn to live in the new reality without the person we love who is now gone. Um, but it it doesn't change the reality that there is a void there. And so maybe the Lord could bring to mind someone right now who you know who has lost someone to gun violence, to some other form of violence in the past, and maybe you could reach out to them today. Maybe that could be the one tangible thing you and I do today um, that's, that's positive and proactive. It certainly would be pleasing to God. We're certainly going to continue to pray, um, Nolvia, for your family that lives right there. Uh, outside of Dadeville, and please let them know that our our genuine prayers and our genuine concern is with them in these days. Jeff Grinnell is going to join us next. We're going to talk about the next generation, next generation faith. What what might we start doing differently in terms of youth ministry that the next generation, the this emerging generation, this generation we're talking about right now, these 16 and 17-year-olds, might embrace the gospel and live differently in the future. That conversation up next here on Mornings with Carmen. He put that hunger in your heart. He put that fire in your soul. His love is the reason. We love talking with Jeff Grinnell. Um, he has been with us on a prior occasion to talk about uh, Gen Sex YZ or Gen 
Yeah, I don't know how else to say that. Sex YZ, XYZ, um, which dealt with combating loveless, godless sexuality. He's here today to talk about his brand new book, Next Gen Faith. Jeff, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Yeah, great to be back again. I, I hope it's not uh, two more years. Oh, you're kidding. No, that's not possible. Really? Well, okay. yeah, that's when the book came out. So maybe it's been... Uh, a year and a, a half. A little less than that. Good. Maybe, yeah, maybe a little less than that because maybe we were slow. Maybe we were slow to <laughs> arrive at uh, at Gen Sex YZ. All right, so uh, um, so next gen faith. First of all, there's just there's so much in here that's so good in terms of equipping people who are engaged in youth ministry and want to get away from um, maybe the models that are most prevalent out there, or they're they don't even have a youth ministry anymore because they they don't even know how to engage with the next generation. This is a great practical tool for parents. It's a great practical tool for um, church leaders. Who were, who did you have in mind when you wrote this book? Yeah, that's a that's a um, that's the crowd. That's the target. It's, you know, we one of the things that I've tried to accomplish in the book is to make it uh, accessible, readable, understandable to teenagers. But knowing who's going to read the book, uh, I, I want it to be helpful enough to parents, to educators, to uh, youth development leaders, uh, it, you know, in the NGO, the non-governmental, in the church, all kinds of settings, parachurch settings, right? All of these people have the the great responsibility of raising this generation. So uh, even though it's written for teenagers, in the back of my mind, I think readers will find that if they're a parent, if they're an educator, if they're a parachurch leader, then uh, they're, this is going to be very practical for them also. Otherwise, otherwise, we're doing an injustice to the teenagers. If we just write books for them in their language, and the people who are going to shape their faith don't have the tools uh, with them also. Okay, so let me say this. If you're listening right now and you've never been discipled, it doesn't matter how old you are. Right. Um, if, you've, if you've never been through any sort of intentional program of discipleship, if you don't know what it means or looks like to be in any kind of spiritual rhythm or practice— this book is actually for you as well. So Next Gen Faith, 12 Spiritual Practices for Youth. I'm going to take off the TH, and I'm just going to say it's 12 Spiritual Practices for You, okay? So if you're listening right now, these are 12 Spiritual Practices for You. Jeff Grinnell um, is the author. For those of you who don't know Jeff, he's got, I don't know, something like four decades of youth leadership experience in the church and the parachurch and the university setting. Um, he founded, and I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm going to say it's like mythology without the M. <laughs> I so love it. Yethology? Yeah. Am I supposed to say yethology? Like youthology? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You. So anyone in uh, youth development, youth ministry will know that the it, it's pronounced youthology. So it's it's a it's an acronym or short the Y T H O L O G Y dot com. <laughs> the the acronym is short for youth ministry. So you know most many many youth ministries around the country have shortened it to youth as Y T H. 
And oh, since a mm-hmm. cosmetic company, yeah, since a cosmetic company had had youthology, Y O U T H, I couldn't use it. <laughs> I love it. All right, so it's 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 like mythology without the M or youthology Correct. without the O U. So youthology, but it's just a Y at the front of it. If you want me to send you the link, I will. You guys know how to text me. Um, he's also the next gen specialist at North Central University in Minneapolis, Minnesota where many of you are listening right now. He and his wife, Jessica, are directors of the Institute for Next Gen. It's a youth education training and resource center for developing next generation uh, leaders globally. The book we're talking about today, Next Gen Faith, 12 12 spiritual practices for, I will say, you, even though it says youth. So talk about the importance of practices, spiritual practices, and maybe let's highlight daily repentance. Yeah, so the, the the book is shaped in the format of a classic discipleship book called Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster, and I'm sure the, the readers uh, the the readers have heard of that. If if they're if they're in any kind of spiritual leadership, then or have gone to seminary or uh, uh, you know a Christian university, one of the one of the foundational books was. Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline. And I thought to myself, if we are going to raise a new generation of disciples, followers of Christ, they've got to hear about that book. And so I've mm-hmm. taught it, I've pitched it. It's, it at our university. It, all the freshmen have to uh, take that a course with that book in it. And so uh, I actually got a hold of that, um, that ministry, Renava Ray, and uh, Richard's ministry, he's quite aged now, doesn't speak, doesn't write, and told them what I was doing, got their blessing. And uh, so what it is, there are 12 chapters on the spiritual disciplines. And it begins with repentance, uh, reading the scriptures, uh, worship, prayer, fasting, simplicity, generosity, our relationship with the Holy Spirit, and what I've tried to do is with that phrase you just used, Carmen, is to say, what are the practices that protect the principles of our faith? And that, to me, are what spiritual disciplines are. And so each chapter covers a spiritual discipline. And the unique part about the book is at the end of each chapter, I had uh, 12 youth pastors around the country write a small group Bible study outline of that topic, which is really unique because these are professionals who work alongside of me, many of them my friends, who are in in church leadership right now all, all over the country. And that brings that practical side of the principle, right? We can talk theory all we want, but we can't tell young people, you need to pray more or you need to worship more, or you need to give more if we don't tell them how. So what I thought would be best was beginning the book with the topic of repentance. There hasn't been a spiritual awakening in this country um, beginning from the first great awakening, the second great awakening, the Azusa Street Revival, the Billy Graham Crusades that, that impacted the university, uh, go walk all the way through the awakenings up to up to today. There hasn't been an awakening that did not start with repentance. Mm-hmm. And so we begin the book there. 
I love it. I love it. Um, it's a super practical way of engaging. Uh, and one of the things that, that we talk about in this book is worship. And if you're thinking about teenagers and you're thinking about worship, how would you encourage them to purify their Spotify? We're going to ask Jeff Grinnell that question next. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. The book is Next Gen Faith, 12 Spiritual Practices for Youth. We'll continue our conversation with Jeff Grinnell in just a moment. 150 million people, 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. We're talking with Jeff Grinnell. The book is Next Gen Faith, 12 Spiritual Practices for Youth. Um, All right, Jeff, let's get super practical here for just a moment. Um, How do you challenge teenagers to purify their Spotify? What, what What does that mean in relationship to worship? Yeah, one of the key disciplines, I think, that youth already get, I think they already understand it, and that is uh, worship. I like to say it this way. Um, We don't have to teach teenagers how to worship. Hmm. We have to teach teenagers how to worship God. They already worship self, friends, and peers, icons, right? They, they all, re- they know how to worship. They know how to elevate, put somebody, you know, ab- above uh, God in their life. That's what they do, right? This is, this is natural to them. Worship is natural. Go to a, go to a sporting event, go to a concert with teenagers and they've never been freer, <laughs> right? They've never had the lid taken off. You, and then you put them in church and it's like, wait, wait, what? Who are, who are you, right? And so there's this freedom they already understand with things they are comfortable with. So I, I, like, I, I like to just say it's not very difficult to teach teenagers how to worship. We just have to teach them how to worship God. And so one of the key principles in the book we talk about is their music. And if we could simply purify their Spotify, have them check their playlist, and have their playlist turn into a pray list. <laughs> it's just a little play, right? It would be so easy to watch them um, grow in their faith. So that's what we do with a lot of these topics, kind of turn them into a practical way to practice the principle of whatever's in that chapter. Practicing the principle, that is... Um... That's language that we hear over and over again. That's so helpful. I love that. Turning my uh, playlist and considering it a playlist, that's a really helpful mental hook. Part of what you're doing is giving us some places to hang some things. So I really appreciate that, Jeff. I want to dive in um, to chapter six. I recently read read an article about youth pastors 
um, basically becoming first responders in the midst of a teen mental health crisis in America. Um, yeah. You know, youth, youth pastors are really, really on the front lines of all of that. Um, you deal with mental health in the chapter on wellness. Can you talk with us a little bit about, about this? Yeah, one of my favorite things to talk about. I've blogged on this many times. We have posts on YouTube, um, especially coming off that, um, you know, that pandemic. And one of the things that I try to stress in the book is that the teen years should be the greatest moments uh, in an adolescent's life. I mean, when you think about it, in what should be the best days of their life, the teen years have become an adolescent nightmare. And part of that is wellness. It's total wellness. Chapter six is a lesson on how to improve the total wellness of anyone, really. I mean, we we focus on teenagers, but, you know, I, I mean, I, I know that it's not, Carmen, I know that uh, it's not simple, okay? Uh, we like to simplify it. We like well. We like wellness to be simplified, and I know that it's not. It it's um, holistic, and so we talk about the the spiritual, and the mental, and the relational, and the physical. Well, all of, all of that wellness. It, it's not what. It's not just chemical. It's not just counseling. You know, you you have that side of people who defend that. You know, uh, vigorously and. And, and I agree with that. But then at the same time, if we're going to defend counseling, we're going to defend uh, chemical, uh, you know, changing the synapses in, in the physical part of biology part of people, then why not take the stairs and look at the physical and get into uh, walking a little more and in nutrition and eating better and our, the way we fight with our declarations and our words about each other, you know, uh, and about ourselves. So, I, and, and what about the people that we are, uh, that are in our circle? If all I'm doing is looking at social media and comparing myself to everybody else, man, comparative, a comparative lifestyle is um, dangerous. So, mm. to me, wellness is all of those things. It's holistic. That's so good. Um, Jeff, um, listener asking, hey, if he's really following Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline, does he really talk about fasting with teenagers? (laughs) I love that. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Talk with us about fasting. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll I'll say this leading into that. If we are, if we're not hanging around teenagers, then we're not understanding the incredible potential of them. And that's why I've been doing this for decades, 38 years in youth ministry. Um, I have never seen a better time to be a teenager. And I, I really mean this. I know some parents right now are thinking, hold it. Uh, what, I, I'm going I'm to move the dial. <laughs> Don't move the dial. L- listen to what I'm about to say. Th- this is the greatest time for a teenager to live. I, I know... I know what's going on in the world. I, I, I haven't been living in uh, in a compartment here in my in my downtown uh, apartment here in Minneapolis. But these are the best days to be a teenager. The the potential of just the internet and and, and the phone in their hand for spiritual growth, 
it, it, I know the way we look at, listen, social media is not the problem. Social media revealed the problem. Okay. Mm. So what we're doing right now is uh, discipleship. Uh, we, what we are doing right now, people never thought we could do. I'm talking to thousands of people right now through my phone. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the potential of teenagers, I think fasting is the key. It's, it is one of the keys. So what we have done is we've been calling teenagers. I've actually been doing this since 2013. I called it the, the teen decade. It only comes once in a century, 13 to 19, right? And I have been calling teenagers to fasting for, um, for uh, 10 years simply to do this, to take Fridays at noon, okay, to take Fridays at noon and skip the mystery meat at school and just, ha- just take one meal every week and fast and pray for certain things, right? So in the book, we get very practical with it, help teenagers to start with a meal then to add two meals, then to add a day, a week. That's it. So I um, I remember a conversation, this goes way back, Jeff, but I remember a conversation I had with a teenager who was doing this on his own. Um, yeah. Um, because he knew, he knew this kid at school who basically wasn't, didn't have any food at home. And so on Friday, he gave that kid his lunch so that kid would have, something on Saturday. And so his, like, right. Like his fasting was tied to an act of service and sacrifice on behalf of another person. And for him, then it wasn't, it wasn't hard at all. Like it, it was this like joyful anyway. So use that. Uh, if, if, if it's an encouragement, um, to you in the future, I just like the Lord just brought that to mind as you were talking and I'm like, Oh my God, I remember that kid. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. So, so many good things in here, Jeff, as always, we love talking with you. We love what you're doing. I'm going to direct people to youthology.com, but it's spelled weird for those of us that don't think like this. So think of mythology, but take the M off or think of youthology, but take the O and the U out or just text me 877-933-2484 and I'll send you the direct link because that's where you can access um, these ongoing blogs that uh, that Jeff is posting. There's one right now, Four Strategies yes. to Increase Theology in Next Gen Ministry. Tons of yes. great stuff there. Um, the book is Next Gen Faith, 12 Spiritual Practices for Youth, but it's really 12 Spiritual Practices for You. So Jeff, mm-hmm. as always, thank you so much for being with us. Yes, I really appreciate it. Have a great week. Yeah, it's not going to be a year and a half or two years next time, dude. We're just going to bring I you right so. back. Okay. I hope so. Absolutely. Hey, you're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Hey, let's be uh, praying for our neighbors across the central part of the United States. Tornadoes um, and other strong storms blew through the central U.S. yesterday. There's uh, two folks lost their lives, lots of folks injured, many, many homes destroyed, um, lots of power outages ongoing. And if you live in, in a place where there's any kind of uh, natural disaster, you just know it's just, it's just heartbreaking and it's hard. So let's be praying specifically for our neighbors in Oklahoma, Kansas, and Iowa. 
Um, and for those who are continuing to suffer in places that you know have been devastated in the days, weeks, and months past by all kinds of natural disasters, let's be praying for each other. Let's be coming alongside each other. Pray for me as I'm traveling uh, today. We'll be right back here tomorrow, God willing, and the creek don't rise, right? Um, thank you so much for this time together today. Share the show with somebody else and be praying in advance of our spring fundraiser next week, myfaithradio.com. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.